So we take a moment to just slow down. I invite you as we ride this wave of artistry and love that we've just experienced. Just notice your next breath. Whatever rhythm, whatever time it is, don't force it. The beautiful infinite intelligence that knows when and how much, moment by moment. Allow that breath to move to your heart. See your heart in your mind's eye, expanding, opening, our spiritual bandwidth. And so there's a vibrancy here in this moment that is rich and fresh and powerful. So as we sing our song together today, Let's allow each note and each moment from this point forward as we spend time together today to expand that ever available spiritual bandwidth of the energetics of life and of love. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world and there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear for spirit one spirit is in this very room in this very room in this very room and I'm so grateful in this moment for life for ears to hear eyes to see arms to hug and the richness of this human experience and the opportunity to stand shoulder to shoulder on this journey together and giving birth to that which is seeking expression, to putting down, and as Charles so beautifully sang, to forgive, to put down, whatever it may be that we are carrying or hanging on to that restricts a greater flow and experience of life, of love. And so I'm grateful to know that this day in the I am is perfect in every way. I'm grateful for the presence of spirit in my life, knowing that that life is my life, that everything necessary for me to think and know and realize and to be and to open myself up to the experience of the infinite, to move down from my head into my heart, into my being, and that vibration of the Most High has its way by means of me, means of you. So I just give thanks this day for all the blessings, the wonder, the joy, and the opportunity that continue to allow me to stand in awe and celebration of that which is revealing itself. Knowing that these words continue to work for us as we come together today and actually work for us for the rest of our lives as long as we continue to stand in agreement with them. And should we forget and move out of it, it's okay, we can come back anytime. For this prayer is alive and dynamic and eternal. So this gift is my gift to myself, to God. For this I give thanks and together we say, and so it is. 
So um, I was standing in uh, Savon Foods during the week, and Anna came up to me and said, Hey, how'd you find this guy, this Charles Holt? And I said, There's Anna over there, Charles. Meet Anna. There she is. And I said, Well, he called me. And on the phone called me. And uh, she said, Well, he's kind of a big deal. And I said, Yeah, he is. <laughs> but aren't we all? But it's just lovely to, to, to if I, you know, the synchronicities of how Charles uh, opened the door to, to be with us today. And he is such a, you know, he's a beautiful artist, but he's even a more beautiful human being and man. And uh, so it's just been a wonderful experience to just rub shoulders with him and spend time with him and be around his energy. He's, a, he's quite a, a joy. He has his books back there, and I bought, uh, I already got my CDs and my books, um, and um, the, the, the leadership at the Mile High Church actually just had him facilitate their men's retreat because he does a lot of work with young men and with older men and men of all shapes and sizes. And uh, that's quite an honor because I know that community and his consciousness. So his, his consciousness and his artistry is such a, a joy to, be, uh, to witness and to experience. And so you can take him home with you if you, if you choose. And, and if we run out, I'll sell this to the highest bidder. So... Uh, <laughs> Anyway, but awesome. So we're talking about energy today. We're talking about this Divine Matrix book that has been around a long time, but Greg Braden's done such great work with around this, uh, his ministry, you know, his ministry are his books and he lectures. And in it, I wanted to, because we're going to have Charles come back up and do a couple more songs for us today. Uh, So the best is yet to come, as we would say. But I wanted to just uh, illustrate and talk a little bit about... um, the beginning of his book, The Divine Matrix. And what inspired the title comes from a quote by Max Planck. And Max Planck is considered the father of quantum theory. He actually started measuring energy and he called it quanta. And so out of quanta came quantum theory. But Max uh, said this, all matter originates and exists only by virtue of a force. Virtue of a force. So virtue being, you know, not just a... Um, a power, but a virtue, which has a different, whole different quality. He understood the grace involved with it. I love that idea of virtue, of a force. Here's a scientist talking about something that is so much more heart-based than, than scientific, in my opinion. We must assume behind this force exists a conscious mind, an intelligent mind, and the mind is the matrix of all matter. Now, is this not what Ernest Holmes talked about when he wrote his textbook in 1928? In fact, uh, I, was, I was in my newsletter article this month, I quoted Dr. Charles Barker, who was an amazing minister in New York, contemporary and dear friend of Dr. Holmes, one of our, our finest ministers, wrote The Power of Decision. But in his book of, of Living Scientifically, he said that, you know, the infinite is, is divine intelligence. And the more intelligently we can live our lives, the more grace-filled and, and wonder-filled it will be. Because it is a divine intelligence. And so when we, when we spin in these, uh, the energetics of what not, was not in alignment with divine intelligence, which is divine love and creativity and opportunity, we just, all we do is cut ourselves off from source. So he talks about in, in the book at the beginning, I want to just highlight three experiments that he illustrates and expand a little bit on those. And the first experiment is the DNA phantom effect. And this was done by Dr. Vladimir Papanen. And what he did was... He had someone create an, uh, a container. 
a container that was specially made and then he was able to seal it and he pumped out everything out of it. He just took a vacuum and pumped everything out. But he knew that particles remained. He knew that pro uh, photons were still there. And so they, through whatever means, they measured the, the uh, configuration of the particles that were left in the jar once they pumped out the, uh, everything in it. And they found that, that they lined up randomly. They were sort of all disorganized. So then what they did is they took some DNA, they took a little bit of DNA from a human being and they, they, uh, and they put that into the container. And immediately the particles organized themselves around the DNA. So that aliveness influences the energetics that we're immersed in. And so then they took the DNA out and lo and behold they thought, well the particles will probably go back to being disorganized. And if you see the illustration over my shoulder, there it is, it's all disorganized on the left. In the center, there's where the DNA gets involved. And then they pull the DNA out, and the particles maintain the shape and the structure that was created when the DNA was entered and then removed, which is fascinating. Because you would think once that influence is gone, why would it maintain the shape? And I think it speaks volumes to how we affect one another in the world. And I think it's, it speaks volumes to when, we're, when we are spiritually aligned, when we're doing our practice and we're putting down and we're doing our forgiveness work, as Charles saying, and we're doing our prayer work and we're, we're making ourselves available. His wonderful book here, I, I haven't read it yet, but I've been, I've been anxious, wonderful forward by uh, uh, Dr. Michael Beth with, called The Intuitive Rebel, Rebel, Tuning Into the Voice That Matters. He can tell me about the download that occurred when he was writing his books and we talked about that process because I'm always fascinated about the creative process. How did that happen for you? And he was sharing with me. And, but, you know, that's making ourselves available. Just making ourselves available. But many times I'm so occupied with managing my own life and, and judging other people and punishing other people in my mind's eye, which is such a fun, fun activity. Isn't that? <laughs> Being master of time, space, and dimension and knowing who's right and who's wrong. It's like Santa Claus, you know. But anyway, the point being is so, that's a very, that can be a very lifetime full activity, but it doesn't, it's not productive, it's not creative. So there's a grace that is required. So what happened with this is, yeah, they, they introduced the DNA, and then all of a sudden, they took the DNA out, and it stayed the same shape. So the type of energy that had previously gone, it's the type of energy that had previously gone unrecognized. Because when Newton discovered this, Newton said, here's, here's science and here's us. We're separate from it. And what we know now is there's no separation. We're all connected. Ernest Holmes said, there is no private good. You'll, you've heard me say that many times. So I love that. It's like we can see something on the news and we can, we can, we can stand in, in, in love and support of everyone. And it doesn't mean we don't take action. We can actionize that love and that support. But to, to, to add on to that energetic of that downward spiral of energy serves no one. Serves no one. You know, one of my great teachers right now is Donald Trump. I'm extending unconditional love to Donald Trump in every way I possibly can. Because he says some stuff that I think are just remarkable. You know? But it, the point is, that, or I can spin in my own opinion about, you know, what it needs to look like. It's like, look. This is, this is God too. That's God too. 
And then I get to decide if I want to keep, continue to draw myself closer to that. So it's a type of energy that has previously gone unrecognized, and it is cells, DNA, that are influenced by matter through this form of energy. So we influence one another. When we come together, when we come together in community, and there's a vibrancy here, and there's an aliveness here, we're a change forever. We're a change forever. And sometimes we don't recognize it because we can slip back off into that old way of being and doing. But there's something always available to us to feed us and nurture us. I told, I told the earlier crowd, I said, you know, I've been here 13 years. I, I've spent 13 years getting ready for Charles to show up. But now I realize that I've spent my whole life getting ready for Charles to show up. <laughs> so it's not just 13 years. But I mean, it's, you know what? When we're ready, when we're ready, th- people will come in the door. And people show up. I get a phone call from Charles. I, you know, I'd seen Charles on Facebook in a few places, but I'd never met him. I didn't know he called me and said, hey, I'm coming to Canada. I says, I'm going to go to the Calgary Church and I want to come to Edmonton. And of course, you know, being a good Edmontonian, I thought, why would anybody want to go to Calgary? But, <clears throat> and lo and behold, it, hey, come on now, this, this gets recorded, you guys, all right? We love those guys. But it didn't work out in Calgary. And I, I just said, oh, well, too bad. <laughs> Their loss is our gain, you know? And uh, so, you know, this is the way life works. And so when we're ready, you know, it's not about forcing it all the time. It's trusting and standing in faith and moving forward. And energetically, we're all connected. So in the, in the second experiment, they, ta- they had donors that would measure electrical changes. So a donor was placed in one room, and then they took some of the DNA and they put it in another room. And they were able to measure response. So they would stimulate the donor, and they were also able to measure the response as a result of that with the DNA in the other room. And the response was instantaneous. Whatever was stimulated with the donor was instantaneously happening with the sample. Same time. And then what they did, they did this, the, the research, they started getting further and further apart. The U.S. Army initiated this. The U.S. Army was trying to figure out, because there was a Dr. Baxter who was doing studies with plants. And he realized that there was a, there was a relationship between a plant and the human, human energy. And we all know that. I mean, have you ever had a plant that, you've, that you love and nurture? And, you know, you've seen all those examples with Dr. Emoto's um, work with water. Um, but, but, you know, we're all connected. And so anyway... Then they stopped. The army said they got to 50 miles. They saw the influence, but they couldn't figure out how to actionize it. How can we use this to, you know, conquer somebody? I mean, that's what military intelligence does. It's a bit of an oxymoron, military intelligence, but that's what they do. So anyway, they, they stopped, but this Dr. Baxter kept experimenting until finally they were 350 miles away. And they would stimulate the donor, and they would have an instantaneous response 350 miles away. Fascinating. Just fascinating how energetically it's... So at the quantum level, there is no time. There is no space. I was talking to Charles yesterday. We've had some great conversations in the last 12 hours. But the wonderful thing about doing our work around forgiveness or doing our spiritual practice about opening up and and putting things down and welcoming newness in is that at the quantum level, it's happening all the way back and all the way forward. This is the point of power, but it influences the whole wave. And it influences our ancestors. It influences what's been and what's coming. I mean, it's, uh, so we become a blessing to those we love. We become a blessing to the world.
It keeps me in the game. As I have grandchildren showing up, I'm like, oh, oh, I get this. I think that's why God tripwires us for these grandkids, you know? It's like, oh, you know, it does. It's just like, what happens to you? What happens to you when you have grandkids? It's like, yeah, there's like another chamber and the heart opens up. You're like, oh my gosh, hmm. You know, and I got their pictures all over the place. He's my face, he's my, he's my screensaver. It's like, oh my gosh, you know. Okay, I get it. So in the second experiment, they, they were able to, to measure that, which is quite, quite powerful and, and fascinating. So what happened with, the, with, the, with this measurement is that they just knew that energy exists between living tissue and that cells and DNA communicate. So our cells and our DNA communicate. And that human emotion influences DNA with the stimulus. Isn't that fascinating? And you'll hear that sometimes you'll talk about people that have received a, a donor uh, for an organ. You've ever seen those stories where someone will have a kidney that they'll, they'll pass away in a car accident and the kidney is donated to someone else and the person that passed away, you know, loved uh, Molson Canadian beer and all of a sudden the person with the donor organ all of a sudden says, man, I could go for a Molson's Canadian beer right now. <laughs> Probably a very simplified explanation of science, but that's at the level I am today. I'm working on it, all right? third experiment was done by the Institute of Heart Math, and they have placed sensors all over the planet. And they measure, and I don't know how they do this, but they measure the capacity when the, the, when the, uh, the level of, of heart-centered emotion is most available on the planet, when we're cracked open. And somehow they're statistically able to do this. Don't ask me why. But I've read enough about it to know that it's, a, it's validated. And I, I've, you know, usually if something like this comes up, there's always the disclaimers. But what they did with this experiment and the third one is they, they, uh, they took 28 samples of DNA and they were given to 28 volunteers. So if you, you were to give you a Petri dish with DNA in it or whatever it was, and they trained these people, these volunteers, to feel things, to get really clear about their emotional state of being. So when the researchers felt gratitude, love, and appreciation, the DNA responded by relaxing, and the strands unwound, and the length of DNA became longer. When the researchers felt anger, fear, frustration, or stress, the DNA responded by tightening up. It became shorter and switched off many of our DNA codes. If you've ever felt shut down by negative emotion, now you know why your body was equally shut down too. The shutdown of the DNA code was reversed and the codes were switched back on again when feelings of love, joy, gratitude, and appreciation were felt by researchers. So it's not being Pollyannish to have a condition going on in our lives and say, you know what, I'm I'm gonna put this down for a moment and and move over, find something to be grateful for. You know what, I'm gonna buy a CD by Charles Holt and I'm gonna play that music. I'm gonna play the forgiveness song. Because i got some forgiveness work to do, and I'm going to draft on his consciousness and the work that he's done. I said to him, you know, here's this beautiful artist, been on Broadway, and then he, he, and then he said, you know, I was called to something else. He's been, for nine years, he has been on the road. Nine years on the road. And he said to me, you know, I'm ready for a different experience of this. I'm ready to have a home. And I said, I totally support you in having your home, the perfect and right home for Charles to continue to share and be nurtured, yeah, I mean, he showed up yesterday, and he's got like a little bag with him. I said, that's it? You know, I'm waiting for a steamer trunk with him. He's in a little bag. And most of it is his product to share with us. And, 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 just to, and then he flies out this afternoon, like in and out. He said, yeah, this is what I do. This is my life. Nine years of doing that, of being a service. 
and, and sharing his message. Because he said, you know, like he said to me, it's a call. He called me and he said, I want to come. And I said, well, geez, I got to check the budget. He said, no, I'm coming. Yeah, I'm coming. Really? You know, usually this long a negotiation. Well, I, you know, I got the Patricia Motel across the street I can put you up in. <laughs> you don't know the Patricia. And Tim Hortons, do you like Tim Hortons? So anyway, you know, all those worldly things. And he said, no, man, I'm, I, I'm, this is how I serve. This is how I serve God. I don't know, and, you know, you bear witness to it today with his music and his artistry. Because it's not just, yeah, he can hit all the notes, but it's the consciousness he brings. And so I'll tell you right now, he's not wound tight. You know, his, his, D, his DNA is not... Mm. You know, it's unwound. You ever met anybody that you think's wound too tight? Yeah, we have. And so what do we do with that? Well, energetically to understand and energetically to understand that we are we are not we don't have to give anybody anything that's not theirs. It's not that we're selfish, but sometimes we meet people and what they'll do through drama is is they will energetically drain us. And so what I've learned is I can't change that for them, but I can choose whether or not I'm going to make myself available for them to have some of my energy. And people will say, that's so selfish. We talked about it at the practitioner class last week. I said, no, 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 it's not selfish. I said, what we stand, you stand in the being of love. When you stand in the being of love, that is so powerful. But it doesn't mean we stand and extend love to everyone because they may not be able to, to, to accept it. It's just like praying for someone without their permission. I don't pray for anyone without permission. Because to me, that is, that is a spiritual malpractice. Because sometimes people need to, to, to crash and burn before they finally get it. And as much as I'd like to alleviate all the suffering in the world, if they don't get it themselves, I can't give it to them. And, and, and the same thing with my experience in life. So I, I'm so blessed that people stood and watched me crash and burn. And then they'd, when I'd finally pull myself up from the rubble, they'd look at me and say, have you had enough? You know? My teacher, Reverend Catherine Yates, when I was studying ministry, looked at me one day and she said to me finally, because I, I, I counseled with her every week when I was doing it. Two and a half years, I was in there every week. I had, because I had stuff. And it was such good stuff, and it was so unique. It was like nobody else. You know, I had pain that no one had ever experienced before, of course. <laughs> so there was my arrogance and my pain. But she finally looked at me one day, and she said, have you had enough with pushy people? Because all my stories were <laughs> about pushy people. And I said, yes, I have. Oh, good for you. Because it took two and a half years to get you to that point. But the point is, she didn't try and stop me from being, having my feelings hurt. She didn't try and protect me. But what she did is she stood in the love. Stood in love. So Greg Braden says, we're more than observers to this world, and you know we are. The key to experiencing ourselves in this way is to create those experiences intentionally, to have our transcendent insights when we want to have them, rather than when they just seem to happen. We are creators. And even more than that, we're connected creators. We're connected creators. We're not in this alone. You know, to make ourselves available to what, what wants to be revealed uniquely by us. Through the divine matrix, we participate in the constant change that gives meaning to life. And the question now is less about whether or not we're passive observers and more about how we can intentionally create. It's right out of Braden's book. Intentionally create. 
He continues, heart healing, healing nations, the science of peace and the power of prayer. We have a healthy power within us that can overtake the old patterns of fear and hatred and greatly increase our resistance to disease. We only need to awaken to it, its healing energy, and harness it. Now is the time for us to find and express new modes and dimensions of power that truly transform us, bringing about wholeness, healing our hearts, and healing our nations. So knowing that, what problem can't be solved? Clean water, enough food for people, no more wars. What problem can't be solved? Knowing that. And so as we do our work individually, collectively, we're all blessed. I'm going to invite Charles to come back up and share another song with us right now. Thank you, Charles. Charles.